the year was 1962. We loaded our school bus in the church parking lot in New Ulm and headed for a 10-day adventure to an area I had never heard about. I found an area that was a cross between the mountains I love and the lakes I cannot live without, the Boundary Waters. What was ahead of me made a mark on my soul for the rest of my life. Because of my experiences as a child, I love to talk to the visitors who ask how old their kids should be when they have their first camping experience in the Boundary Waters. What I say to them is that the outdoor experiences and cabin experiences at an early age are invaluable. This is Jack Stone from Stone Harbor Wilderness Supply in Grand Marais, Minnesota. Just before the pandemic, I got to take my youngest son's boy to Duncan Lake for a couple days to see the stairway portage and experience his first trip. Now we have his younger sister who informs me every time I see her that the next time she's going along also. The whole point is to get kids out and have fun, and it'll be an experience they'll never forget. There are lots of safety measures you need to take, and come on into Stone Harbor and we can discuss them. Always make it fun and be flexible. So come on in and share your experiences and let us help you with your planning. We can rent your gear that you may need, and if you need complete outfitting, we can refer you to any one of the great outfitters Cook County has to offer. Our goal is to help you have a safe and enjoyable trip so you come back and see us over and over. Have fun, and remember to leave no trace. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experiences were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters and it's, it was really cool, it was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars, I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue Welcome to episode 46 of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. I'm your co-host, Matthew... Joe Fredericks. (laughs) And I'm Matthew Baxley. Man, sorry about that. I I guess I was just aspiring to be. Mm, Not everybody can, my friend. (laughs) There is one Matthew Baxley, and there is one Joe Fredericks. Indeed, indeed. And there is truly only one. WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. You know, that's the truth. We were just pontificating the fact that episode 50 is crawling closer. It's now, you can see it on the horizon as some sort of, not necessarily a destination or a campsite. You know, you're on the big lake and you can see something good coming ahead. A lot of work has gone behind you to get to where you are. And there's still some work to do to get there. But we're thinking about that right now, episode 50, this this summer. Truly, and it's interesting, Joe. I mean, not everybody gets to have an audio record of an element of their favorite part of life over the course of years. And speaking purely selfishly, we have essentially an audio 
record of the last three years of our life in regards to the Boundary Waters. And each one is a little bit of a milestone that marks an element of our personal journey as well as the stories we're telling. Right. Yeah, it's uh, been so great to share stories through the podcast, our own adventures, but also other people's. That's been, for both of us, I think I can speak for both of us on this, the best part has been sharing the stories from the wilderness. Uh, People like Eric Dickus from Nebraska, for example, who we heard the the heartwarming story of his father uh, a couple years ago now. It's been when his father wanted to go to the Boundary Waters. It was a lifelong aspiration. He finally bought that canoe from Paragus and Ely. It was all lined up. The permit was booked, and he became sick with cancer and passed away before they could do the trip. Eric came with his friend instead, got the canoe, and did that trip. That's all on a previous episode. And Eric's back. That is such a cool thing. Uh, We've had amazing folks on this podcast, and only a few of them we get to continue hearing from and sharing their stories. Eric's one of them, but this is a unique element because it's not just Eric. It's Eric and his son, Luke. And that idea shapes this episode of what it's like to be a father in this case or a parent in general who's introducing the wilderness to their kid for the first time we've we've done the the notion of rite of passage that's something that you really explored in depth and quite well matthew uh, recently on the podcast and and this is along those same lines but a different approach and even different stories within that same concept of parents taking their kids in. We hear multiple stories. So we hear from, from Eric and Luke and also from Rylan and Mike today as well. Exactly. Mike, he's another fan of the podcast who we've been exchanging conversations with over email and for you know the last couple of years. Shared one of his email stories uh, back in the previous episode and he also this season taking his son Rylan into the wilderness so we get a chance to go along with both of them on this journey today well I think let's go there Joe sounds great starting with Eric and his son Luke here's Eric the night before they depart on their journey north night before we're leaving me and Luke hoping to have that father-son experience that me and my dad never got to have. Hope we make some good memories, connect on some different levels that we haven't before. Boundary Water is a magical place and uh, looking forward to showing him what it's all about. It's a beautiful place and I hope he takes his kids there someday and can share the same memories that we're gonna make this week good morning July 10th pulling out of Omaha me and Luke 6am on our way to the Boundary Waters Luke what do you think I'm excited for the trip and for breakfast we had a big storm here in Omaha last night lots of trees down 
yeah, there's one that just covers a whole road, so I'm excited to see what that's going to cause. And we're going to head up north right now to Cloquet, Minnesota for our cabin. This will be Luke's first trip. Luke, what's your first thoughts on what's going to happen on this trip? Well, we're going to get into the water, and then all of a sudden I'm just going to get real scared and just like, well, shock myself and then not know what I'm doing and then just get real like caught up in the moment. And then I think I'll just let go of that and it'll be a good trip. I'm excited for this. All right. We'll check in later. We'll join back up with Eric and Luke a little bit later. But I want to introduce you to Mike and his son, Rylan. My name is Mike Moran, and I live in Vermilion, South Dakota. My name is... Rylan Moran, and I live in Vermilion, South Dakota, and I'm in sixth grade. Mike was introduced to the Boundary Waters as a boy by his father, and now he is facing the task of fulfilling his own role in that legacy. All these years later, it is now his turn to do for Rylan what his father did for him. It's very obvious that Mike takes this task on with the utmost responsibility and desire for success. I was able to talk to the two of them before the trip to hear how the planning was going and a little bit about what Rylan was imagining to be ahead of him. Well, I'm going to go with my dad and my grandpa and one of my grandpa's friends. I know he's caught a lot of big fish and he's seen a lot of big fish caught. likes to go all over. I've kind of thought about bears coming into camp, but... Mm. I think it would be really cool because, like, you're just in the middle of nowhere and you have to, like, know how to survive and you can fish a lot and I like to fish a lot. I've never really made food on a campfire before, so that'll be the first time. I know that I'll um, have to, like, paddle a lot and um, help with some stuff, but they have the main things like carrying the canoe and carrying like the heavy backpacks and stuff. For anyone in Mike's position, it's natural to have expectations that come from all of his early introductions to the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. And that process is rich and deep. Let's hear more about how he took on his early trips into the wilderness. Sure. Um, I started going to the Boundary Waters in 1992, I believe. I was 12, but I think I was in seventh grade. It was a little later, but I know I was right around his age. And my first trip, I went on a nine-day trip to Alpine Lake. I know that. And I, I know that my dad got started in the late 80s with some friends at work. And originally, they started going to Horse Lake on the west side. They went up through Ely and they, they left their car in a parking lot and they paddled in. And I remember in our old little house that he would fill the, the basement with all this gear and metal frame packs. He had a metal frame pack that was blue. I, I remember that. He would fill that and he had another pack and he had the original Duluth packs. 
and he would go up there. Well, they stopped going up to that side because it was, for them, it was pretty difficult. I think they had to go through like four lakes. Well, then he found Alpine Lake and he started going up with his buddy, Steve. And uh, he went up there in like 1990, 1991. And then I started going soon after that. And so I remember I went as a 12 year old and as a 13 year old, so 92, 93. And my second trip was a 14 night trip. I remember that. And then the year after that, we went to uh, Saginaga Lake and stayed on Gold Island. I remember that. And we, we brought up my dad's cousin's um, little 16 foot boat with a 25 horsepower on it. And we, he took my little brother and my brother was too young and small to go on that trip, but to, uh, on a canoe trip, but we went in the motorboat and we stayed on Gold Island for six nights, something like that. And then, then we stopped going because we both got really busy in high school and we started going again in the early to mid 2000s after college and before the fires. So we always go to Alpine Lake and I've been going just about every year ever since then. So I don't know how many trips it was. I, I was trying to think of it the other night, but it's, it's gotta be around a dozen by now. So. I asked Rylan if there was anything he was nervous about going into this trip since he's never done this before. And most importantly, I wanted to know what he was really excited about. I'm not too nervous about it, but like one of the main two things are like bears or like flipping over the canoe. I don't really think we're, I mean, it's possible, but I don't really think we're gonna flip the canoe. But I think the main thing I'm excited about is um, getting away from all the town noises like cars and stuff and like hearing like basically wilderness noises like wild animals i don't think i've ever seen the moose um but i think i'm really excited to see a moose i know i've never seen the northern lights we'll be able to see that thinking through all the possible scenarios isn't just a task for Rylan to get ready for the trip. It's a pretty big task for Mike as well. You can tell that planning ahead is an important part of the way he is approaching this first trip. It's it's more the, the packing stuff. I gotta make sure that I'm set, but he's set. Mm -hmm. you know, like I can deal with a few things that if I forget something here or there, I might be able to go without for five nights. but. I don't want to forget anything for him. Yeah, and I don't want to forget something as silly as like long underwear when it's possible it could get cold again, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and that happened two years ago too. So, I mean, I, all these trips that I've taken ever since I was a kid and just like watching my dad and his buddies do it. And now as an adult coming and doing it myself, I've learned a lot and just want to make sure that's a good trip. Plus I want him to catch some fish, you know, and it's going to be interesting. He's never caught a fish out of a canoe before. So I'm kind of like, okay, a little nervous about that. Like, make sure you sit still and don't move too much and don't get too excited. But at the same time, it is exciting. So I understand that. When my first trip was back in 1992, I never got in a canoe before that trip. The first time I got on the trip was when they dropped us off uh, after the towboat ride, we crossed a little rock onto the next lake. And my dad was like, okay, we got to get in. And I went, 
how do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of learned and, you know, so the, he's a, he's ahead of me in mm-hmm. terms of some of those things. I'm looking forward to him spending time with his grandpa and just seeing the place. Like, you know, we talk about it a lot about the trip and about, you know, just going up there and seeing the wilderness and, and he doesn't quite have an understanding of how different it is. Yeah. He, he says, it's going to be quiet. It's going to be different in animal sounds. And he's right, but it is different. It makes sense. The simultaneous joy, excitement, fear, and uncertainty around wanting to make that first trip so special. A child's inability to know what to expect and plan ahead creates this dependence at the start of the trip with the hope that some steps towards independence will occur by the end. I had my own version of this in the last few years, but maybe we'll get to that later. For now, let's join back up with Eric and Luke as they take us along on their journey into the wilderness. Today it is July 12th. Um, I'm here with my dad in the boundary waters. It's quite fun already. I've learned quite a ton and we only arrived here yesterday and we started canoeing this morning around six-ish. And we found a nice camp spot here in a horseshoe lake. There's a lot of canoeing, quite a bit of energy. Got some portages and stuff. We're about to go out into the lake and filter out some water and swim a little bit. But for now, he's taking a big poop. So that's what's happening. His shoes are real wet, so I'm using one of the foot things and trying to catch an ant. It's quite fun. And he disappeared. I love the boundary waters. They're very fun. And I can't wait to see what else we're going to do this week. Well, me and Luke in Horseshoe Lake. Oh, so we assume it's a little bit hidden of a lake connected to a horseshoe. We found a moose, female. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. That's the first moose I ever seen up here. Yeah, we can still hear the moose in the woods. Luke, what do you think? Pretty excited to see that moose? Yeah, I just want to see a moose and a bear. And I got to see at least one of them, which is good. That's all I want to see was at least one. And I'm excited. So it was male or female? Female. Well, day's done, Luke. Sun's going down. Had a great day. How's your day? Good. I enjoyed the part where we had to come back on a windy, stormy, not really though, but still tough to go through. Lake was fun. 
Went swimming today too. <laughs> Fell off the, the rock and couldn't get back in the boat. <laughs> Swam the canoe back. That was fun. Yeah, we had a good time. Water's nice. Yeah, we saw our moose today. We've done a lot of paddling and I'm still not even tired yet. It's I don't know, there's something about laundry water so like doesn't let you go to sleep. You don't get tired, you don't get hungry, you just hang out. It's peaceful. Saw some baby loons. Mom and dad loon. Good day. Glad you came, Luke. Thanks for bringing me. It's 9.06 today in the morning, July 13th. Yesterday, my dad and I saw a moose. That was kind of cool. It's a female. It's honestly awesome. I want to see a bear and a moose on this trip, or one or the other. And it's just so cool that I got to see one. That makes me so happy. She was eating and swimming at the same time. I got my feet here in the lake. It's good temperature today, it's not very cold. We're gonna go on a canoe trip because we want to catch some fish for tonight's dinner. And uh, get some more water because we're running out of that. But this place is so peaceful. We did so much yesterday. It felt like it was more like a week than just one day. When you come up here into the Boundary Waters, it's like... Well, I don't know. But... It's just peaceful. You can tell with electricity. It makes the day seem go by fast. It feels like one day is one week because you can do so much in one day. Wednesday morning, Horseshoe Lake. Beautiful, brisk morning. Having a blast here with Luke. Really glad I brought him. Really glad he came. Can't wait to bring Justin up here and Fallon one day. This place really slows down everything. I love it. It's a good reset button. For the real world. Gonna do some fishing today. Hope you have another fish dinner tonight. And yeah, looking forward to Waking Luke up here in a minute, letting the little guy sleep in. He's turned into a little man, though, is what he's turned into. And we really connected on this trip. It's good. It's a really good trip. It is now July 14th, Wednesday. And I'm just standing on a rock next to the lake. My dad's taking a little nap. 
He deserves it though. Big time. because I um, fell in a lake. My butt hurts and I oh, just didn't feel good, but I'm making sure not to do weird things like that. My dad's taking a poop and uh, I'm just standing here making sure I don't fall in again. We're gonna go swimming. It's so quiet up here in the boundary waters. It's just like, so peaceful. It's also currently the dry season in the Boundary Waters, and I swear I think this water around the rocks have been, has been getting lower and lower. And I bet it is. I can see where a water mark used to be on these rocks, and I'm looking around, and it seems to be getting lower now. So I, I think the Boundary Waters will become more like ponds here soon. But we're gonna go swimming. We had some chocolate milk today, and we've just been kind of sitting around, waiting, hanging out, played some chess and some other things. Um, it's been fun though. It's been a good trip. I'm glad I got to come. I hope to take my kids one day here too. Thursday morning. Fogs over the lake here at Horseshoe. Leaving here in about an hour. Had a great time. Great time. Good connection time. Good laughs. Lots of lots of laughs with my son. Couldn't thank him enough for coming with me. Just so happy that I could show him this stuff and hopefully he'll be able to show somebody else. What a great time it is. No technology. No times. No schedules to keep. Fog's over the water right now. Loon. Mama loon. A couple little young loons swimming around. Yeah, it's real pretty out here. Looking forward to get back home, see the family. You always miss them. And I'll always miss this place too. Can't wait to come back. Matthew, I love the contrast. It's the same theme in this episode of fathers introducing their sons to the Boundary Waters told through a different lens. It's very fascinating to me to visualize those stories happening each. And, um, you know, with Eric and Luke, because it's the recorded out at camp and so forth. But also, you and I have gotten to know Horseshoe, like, pretty well. That I think it's just a, a very easy for me to visualize that. But uh, it's great to hear that the the approach that Mike and Rylan were taking as well of, of just introduction there's an element of seriousness about traveling in the Boundary Waters, regardless of your age, experience, 
it's just a beautiful concept. Yeah, and it really listening to both, but I think Rylan especially, you know, his perspective of be before the trip, like you really don't know. You just can't imagine. As hard as you try, you cannot imagine what you're going into. Uh, and that's an ex- kind of an exciting place to be. And and specifically, uh, what if you want to hear how Rylan and Mike's experience shape out, you're going to have to wait till the next episode. Right. This is a continuation. So this is a cliffhanger here at the end of episode 46. We're going to revisit both these stories and uh, have a, a conclusion, if you will, to how things went for, for them uh, coming up in the next episode, which will be out soon. Exactly. Uh, I just got to throw this out, Joe. A couple years back, uh, three years ago, to be precise, I took uh, my nephew into the Boundary Waters, and then the next year took he and his friend into the Boundary Waters. And I do... 100% believe that that trip had to be all about introducing that those boys and that boy into the to the wilderness. It was not my trip. It was a trip for him. And thankfully I got to do lots of other trips. But really, I mean, it is a huge undertaking and a huge sacrifice to take a child into the wilderness for their first time and make it about a, being a good experience for them. You got to let go of a lot of your own agenda. And that's something that I respect immensely about both Mike and Eric, that they're willing to sacrifice what they normally have as an experience in the wilderness, all for the sake of passing the torch. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, and I feel the same way. I mean, I haven't, both you and I don't have children, Matthew. So we're not coming at it from the same perspective, necessarily you with your, your nephew, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's no legal ties. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that to hear the passion that we do from Eric, uh, and, and from Mike about the introduction of this sh- shared treasured space i can relate to that in a huge way by introduction through friends and other family of mine so many people right that uh we're just capturing this larger story of introduction through father and son shared experience in this episode i can't wait to hear more of it in the next one well stay tuned my friend we will get the full recap Hold on tight. You know I don't handle this kind of stuff well. I'm not good at waiting. Uh, You're always got to tell me to wait. Joe, just wait. I can't. <laughs> Fine. Whatever, man. Wait, Joe. I had to sing when I paddled in. Feeling not thinking if the strokes are true. We're going to get through to the other side. Out in the night, the waves beat the shore. You can hear them pounding. You can hear them roar. Oh, oh me. Rock me. You can roll me, rock me in my dreams So I like to sing, I love to dance I play the fool if I got the chance All around the campfire light 
all round the campfire light. All round, all round, all round the campfire light. Thank、you